Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Come Along Pond podcast, the best podcast with the most efficient and professional intros <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um, uh, you're you're joined as always by your hosts, Damler. That's you and Elliot. That's you. Do you want me to ask? Do you want me to ask? Do you want me to ask your name? No, that's no, no. Fine. That's fine. I think this is great. Anyhow, how are you, sweetie? I am. I'm. I'm good, babe. How are you? I'm. Doing all right, doing all right, not too bad. It's the penultimate episode for series one. It is, it's, it's the penultimate countdown, that's what I thought you were going to say. It's the final countdown, I'm not singing it, <laughs> it's the, I'm it's not the penultimate, singing it. It's everyone's favourite 80s track, the penultimate countdown. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's insane, it's insane, we've got so much to discuss, but first, but first. But first. News. 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 Oh, so how many silly ways can we say news? Let's try it. News. 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 Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Satellite Five. We are the news. So, first on the agenda for news, mm-hmm. we've said it so many times now, it sounds really weird. You know, like in Miranda, when she's like, when you say the word awkward so many times <laughs> that the word awkward is now awkward. Yeah, news is now just a horrible word salad. It, it's a word salad. Um, I want to introduce this section quickly. Yeah, this is Danvers' bit. I, right, 
I said that I wouldn't. I would wait to talk about the Doctor Who Tumblr era until later on. But I feel like now is the time to kind of start that conversation a little bit. Oh gosh. So, in terms of this, isn't exactly news, but it's more like at the minute there is a Matt Smith Renaissance, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. Like the man is back, and he's back with Avengers. Now, what I mean by that is back in the day, I was in what I'd like to call the trenches of fandom, um, when I want to say it was around 2012 to 2015, maybe 16, I ran a Doctor Who blog on Tumblr. Not going to lie, I had followers. I had quite a number of followers, to the point where people recognised me at conventions. I'm going to put that up there. I'm going to... I'm gonna... so, so scary, man. No, that, that, was, that was my claim to fame. That's as famous as I'm going to get. Like not scary people meeting you, but I mean, just scary the fact that you had like a blog that massive. Like, it's crazy. I basically would make really weird posts. Uh, not Okay, that sounds really weird. No, I would make posts about just Doctor Who mainly, a bit of Sherlock, you know, uh, Super Who-lock, except I didn't watch Supernatural, sorry. Um, the gifts were, literally, me and Photoshop were best friends for like three years straight. I'm more joking. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Anyway... I, I was kind of known for having a blog that kind of centered around Matt Smith as well. Um, mm. to, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. And I remember I was there when it was like, Matt Smith was the guy. He was one of the Tumblr men. He was like, you know, nowadays it's like the white man of the month on TikTok. Yeah. Like when I see TikTok, idolize someone like this. It just makes me think of Tumblr. Like there's a lot about TikTok that's similar to Tumblr, the Tumblr days. Um, and seeing Matt Smith, yeah, yeah, I actually saw a girl on TikTok talk about this. She said, you know, um, someone made a TikTok about oh the uh, the twenty twelve Tumblr aesthetic is coming back, and then the girl stitched it and was like, okay, we were definitely on different sides of TikTok because to me the Tumblr aesthetic is coming back because Matt Smith is now back in a popular show. <laughs> oh yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Literally, the thirst traps, the thirst fan cams, all the fan cams of Matt Smith. I think I've regressed back into my 14-year-old, 15-year-old self when I had the biggest crush on him. Oh. I mean, Damon Targaryen is is a man, let me tell you. Uh, I'm in the very odd position, yeah, of only finding him hot in the very specific circumstances. Namely, Series 7, that outfit does wonders for him. The shorter hair does wonders for him. He has slight more stubble on his face, and he wears those glasses. Oh, uh, the glasses are nice. Incredible look. Um, and uh, something that I guess listeners will find out later on, but as Dan knows, one of my favourite clips is from, I can't remember the Christmas episode, but it's the Christmas episode where Clara says, you're my boyfriend. And then he does the ding dong. Okay, yeah. Wow, I'm a bit rusty, but I will read a manual. It's like my favourite thing of all it's time. It's great. Uh, and I send that to Dan for all kinds of context. Like that season, that aesthetic is very, very beautiful. Lots of other times, he's not my kind of man. Does that mean that I think he should get bullied online? No, of course I don't. It's insane. Matt, Matt Smith is not a... I, I love him. He's a uh, seems like a nice man. He's a good performer. Matt Smith is not box office Hollywood draw. Matt Smith is weird TV fixture. I completely agree. He shouldn't be leading your superhero film. He should be a weird little guy in a TV show. He He... he... Yeah, I think TV is where he thrives, to be honest. Um, and, like, as we're seeing, like, you know, Damon Tar- him playing Damon Targaryen in House of the Dragon. 
he's great. He's killing the role. He's really good. But also, he looks fucking hot. I... I've convinced See, I've, you, no, again, don't lie. I sent you loads of edits. I did. You have sent me lots and lots of edits. I think for me, for me personally, because I don't watch the show, it's um, I haven't been able to be eased into the wig. Um, fair, fair, fair. And fair. it's it's still very, very shocking. It catches me off guard every time I see it. Just because I think he looks funny in a wig, and I think the wig looks bad, doesn't mean he should be bullied online. Yeah, people basically. Is, I want to yeah. keep. I want to keep reiterating that because there'll be a couple of times where I'm like personally for me not my kind of guy but I, that is not me saying and that means you should send out tweets about how he's the ugliest man alive it's me. really rude it's just really rude and also not true it's just not true like but it, he's one of that he, he's one of those legions of actors that uh, I mean I was talking to you about the other week off mic where they themselves are not necessarily attractive or you know are okay but they're not stunning but there are roles that they get put in which help bring out something in them. So for me, the biggest example, always, Daniel Craig, I think, a uniquely odd-looking man. But the way that he plays Bond, the fits they put him in, yeah. the way it's tailored, it suits him, the way he carries himself, the way he performs that role, makes him really hot. But just as Bond. No, I feel the same way about Benedict Cumberbatch. I exclusively, mm. and no offence, Benedict, like you're, uh, he's an amazing actor... That's not up for debate because it's the truth. But I exclusively only find him attractive as Sherlock. Exclusively. Like, Doctor Strange... I mean, I don't like Doctor Strange as a character anyway, but Doctor Strange, no. Just everything else, no. But Sherlock, in Series 3 specifically, if we're going to get technical... Seriously, especially when he jumps through the window and kisses Molly in that fake scenario, if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We kind of like a toxic, angry man on this podcast. Exactly. Like, that's why I think Damon Targaryen is so attractive, because there's just so many clips of him. So, okay, the one that everyone references, it's literally the first scene he's in. He's sitting on the Iron Throne, hot already. He gets off and puts this necklace around, yes, his his niece, let's move on. Um, And the way he does, he's like, come here. And he puts up the necklace on her, and you're like, oh, my God. Matthew Smith, goodness me, I'm blushing. I am blushing right now. I mean, it's, we I don't know. What we say we just it, within within the within the realms of fiction, it's always totally cool to love a sort of horrible bossy man. AKA Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> as in, in bullet train. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Matt Smith Renaissance is in full swing. I'm on board the train. I have a first class ticket. I'm here for it. If You're I on see, the bullet train. I'm, I'm on the bullet train for Matt Smith. Um, speaking of Matt Smith, another thing. There's two things. First thing is this. I've been watching the interviews Pounds of the Dragon. He. So yeah, I've been watching interviews of Matt Smith. He, I said this in the last podcast, I believe, the last episode. But he is looking suspicious. Viciously doctory at the moment. Like his hair, like for the last since he's left Doctor Who, and not that I'm like keeping tabs on Matt Smith, I genuinely am not. Um, his hair has has been kind of like very different lengths for a long time, but he's never yeah. had the signature quiff, side swoop, whatever you want to call it, and he's got that at the moment. Also, a rumored director, I think it was a rumored director, posted a now deleted tweet of 
a selfie with them, the TARDIS, and then like like a cutout of Matt Smith inside, or like it was like a bow tie, someone wearing a bow yeah. tie and tweed jacket. Some some people said it's like a Photoshop. Yeah, they photoshopped it in. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's it's a Photoshop of a specific press shot yes. from series five. Yes, and I can't remember what press shot it is, but yeah, it's such an odd thing to upload, delete. I'd like why I don't know, like because if it was just if you uploaded it and you knew that it wasn't true, but you were like, oh, it's going to cause loads of speculation, then I mean, surely you'd say something, right? You'd be like, yeah, I I did this for a, I did this for a laugh, you know, like you need to calm down, you know, like I've taken the post down, but you know, whereas there's been nothing said about this, it just got deleted. But there was actually a really interesting reply from I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce the name Rachel. God. Talale. Rachel Talali. We don't know how to pronounce her name. She's great, but we don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Really, I've never actually heard genuinely it said by sorry. Anybody. I think it's Talali, but I have no idea. Because people can't even pronounce my name half the time, so I genuinely am sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's not, no, it's not hard, though, is it? No, it's not hard to pronounce your name. But people it's literally not, but yeah. People, you know. people just read anything that's not, like, white Anglo-Saxon, they lose their minds. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. Yes, there was a tweet by somebody the other day where they had shared the deleted post. Uh-huh. And they had captioned it, something like, Welcome, newcomer, whatever the director's name is. Uh, directing episode two of the specials, it seems like. Episode two, we've seen, basically, we've seen no filming for episode two uh-huh. take place thus far. Nice to welcome into the Who universe, whatever, whatever. And she had replied, being like, Oh, whatever, whatever. One, she's like one thing in here specifically, is is factually untrue. Right. Nevertheless, welcome the director's name. So people are obviously trying to speculate what is what is not true. Some people think that it means that they have been filming for for episode two or whatever episode it is that we think he's attached to, but that we have seen bits of it filming, um, and that's like a, a a falsification to say we've not seen any of it film. Others obviously have attached to different bits. Um, uh, it doesn't doesn't dispel the Matt Smith thing. It's just quite interesting that she's like, well, so no, some of this is you're wrong about. But yeah. also, I like welcome this director. Maybe it means he's not directing it. Maybe he's like a second unit. I don't I don't know. Um, but I think I saw that on uh, a stream that uh, Tharys did. So uh, maybe I'll I'll link that because Tharys actually has a really interesting breakdown of everything that happened on a. On oh, a please live stream, do link so. it. Please do link it, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I recommend Thary's content anyway. He's always quite interesting. Season two has been announced as the next box set. Of course, very excited. We love a bit of Hartnell here, except Dan has never seen any of them, uh, and I am indifferent. That's a joke. I do really like William Hartnell <laughs> stuff. I just haven't seen much of it. Um, uh, <laughs> no, no shade to William Hartnell. Um, so, yeah, season the season two box set is coming out sometime at the end of the year. I have seen bits of season two. I've seen Dalek Invasion Earth. I've now seen the web planet because of the Monoptera. The giant moths are adorable. And the Zabi, who both feature on the front cover, are amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a big Dalek on the front. There is uh, King Richard because of the Crusade two-parter. Earth four-parter, sorry. But yeah, some really good stories in season two. Uh, the artwork as always is beautiful. Again, I will not be buying it until it comes out in standard packaging because I am a control freak and I need to have a white set looking the same. <laughs> uh, 
It's slightly more expensive because it has more episodes. It's got like 40 episodes as opposed to the standard seasons. And yeah, it looks pretty cool. You're getting a nice little in conversation with William Russell on there, who played, of course, Ian. And there's a really lovely behind the scenes clip at the moment where he's being interviewed and he talks about how much he thinks Ian was in love with Barbara. It's very, very sweet. Well, speaking of moths, let's talk about wolves that are bad. <laughs> bad wolf. Blythe Droog, bad wolf. Bad, bad wolf. You bad, <laughs> bad wolf. Today we are talking about Series 1, Episode 12 of Doctor Who. <laughs> are you sure? You don't no, sound I'm sure. Not, no, I'm not sure. But as I went <laughs> to drag the page up, I was like, no, I'm actually pretty sure that is definitely what it is. But I'm going to double check now. But I'm pretty sure it's, it's Episode it 12. It is 12. It is Episode 12, yeah. So today we're talking about Episode 12 of Series 1 of Doctor Who, Bad Wolf. <gasps> broadcast on the 11th of June 2005, directed once again by Joe Ahern and written by Ross T. Davis. Elliot, that's really funny. I feel like I've heard Bad Wolf before. Yeah, I keep seeing it in places. Yeah, so do I. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. We have to figure Strange. that one out. Strange. Hmm. Mm. Not sure. I have a feeling we'll find the answer next week, but that's just a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the hunch. Let's get to the crunch. Oh, um, yeah. Textured. <laughs> Enough of that. Anyway. But Damler. Yes. I I I know what the you. episode is about. Mm-hmm. Me, I know what the episode's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. I know what IMDB thinks it's about. What do you think it's about? Well, darling, I think this episode is about the fact that you shouldn't ever question Anne Robinson because she will get you. Mm. Don't ever question how iconic that woman is because she will disintegrate you with her mouth. She will disintegrate you? Yep. yep. With a whole with a whole mouth? With a whole... No? God. That... We need to get our minds out of the gutter. Anyway, moving on. I think you need to get your mind out of the gutter. No, I really do. And so does Captain Jack, but we will get to it. <laughs> Elliot, go. What do you think it's about? This is an episode about how... It is an episode, yeah. This well is done. an episode <laughs> about how tactical voting can seem really, really good in the moment, but if you're thick, maybe you shouldn't vote. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm, start, I'm starting a new hashtag, hashtag Roderick is thick. Oh, Roderick is so thick. No, there's thick, and then there's thick. Yeah, Roderick is thick. He's so thick. Thick. Yeah, no, oh God. Yeah, flipping heck. Yeah. I feel like, guys, just to preface, preface, (laughs) preface, uh, this (laughs) record, to... (laughs) 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 
I just like how unsure you were. He's like just uh, I uh, clearly didn't go to school. I didn't go to school. I just didn't go to school. Um, Yes. So before we get into this fucking episode, (laughs) yeah, that's easier, is it? Just before we get into it, that's much much more your style, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, just right, mate. Before we get into the fucking episode, it's not fucking Bosch, Bosch, fucking Bosch, mate. Oh my god, Barcelona. Anyway, um, (laughs) so. Before we get into the episode, I just have to say, I, I have a feeling it's going to be dense. So buckle in, strap in. And get ready to talk about two of the best episodes of Doctor Who. Of television, mate. Of television. The vision of... No, it's not funny. Anyway. Tell. <laughs> of tell. <laughs> I want to let you start this because... This is your Father's Day. Yeah. As in, if you're not aware, <laughs> Father's Day is my favourite episode. This uh, this two-parter is, like, second second place. Both of the episodes. I lump them in together. I lump two parters in together. It's the second place on, like, my favourite episode lists. Um, and I am so excited. And I watch this two-parter all the time. Same. No I same. I love it. When I'm feeling like I want... I just want to feel a bit of emotion, I, a, a bit of emotion. I want to feel the drama, the tension, the the pining. Bad Wolf. Yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch Bad Wolf. And Bad Wolf starts off. I mean, in the strongest way possible by truncating the terrible mess of the long game down into like a twenty-second digestible clip. <laughs> yeah, literally. It. It's the literally. only way I ever want to watch the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh I couldn't agree more. I think, do you know what? I just think it's so clever how, you know, that whole thing went down. Like, the, the, how the repercussions, what the Doctor did had repercussions. He has to answer for his actions. Because you do get swept up with it in the moment. But like they say later, all the news channels switched off. I mean, that would cause panic. Yeah. You can't get your news from anywhere. Like, what the hell are you going to do? I mean, that's, that's a twist, isn't it? It's good. I somehow always forget it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it, it's kind of... You know that you just take for granted that it's Satellite 5 again. Yeah. But you don't really think about it, and then, yeah, and then... Linda with a Y says, why? It is, and you go, shit. Yeah, literally. No, but I forget every time, and I don't know why. I'm like, oh my god, the doctor, the doctor did this. Yeah, I mean, straight away from the start of this, with that, like, really, really high... Spinning shot of the yeah. laying on the floor. It's so much fun. I just think I really admire how they just went in. They were like, "We're not even gonna like." There's no build up because they could have easily. What they could have done, which I'm really glad they didn't, is they could have started with Jack Rose and the Doctor in the TARDIS, just coming from Vax Corcovadus, um, you know, just having a laugh, and then Rose reaching out dramatically, which I kind of hate, like just and the light pulling her in. Yeah. Like the trans map pulling her in. Yeah. And then getting the doctor waking up. But no, yeah. just starting with the doctor waking up in that cupboard. It's great. Yeah, collapsing to the floor as he comes out. The Big Brother music. Like, that's the thing, I, I never really watched Big Brother. No, neither personally. do I. I don't, I've never seen it, never. And I just associate the music with this scene so much. Because so it's used so well, it feels like a piece of Murray Gold score rather than the Big Brother theme. It absolutely does. Oh, my God. And it's so good. Sorry, can I just get Murray out of the way real quick? Because you said it and I need to... Murray, babe... 
I think someone hurt you that week and you put your whole morrissey as always into the score. Like this the these two episodes, these this two parter, well we're talking about the part one today, but these this two parter, the score is wonderful. It's I mean stunning. That end reveal is only half as powerful as it is because of the music that plays underneath it. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Um so something something I I've noticed for a little while, and I assume you would have, but I, I'm going to ask if you've noticed, just because it feels less passive-aggressive and like I'm taking the lead if I ask you questions, but also I don't want you to think that I assume you don't know anything about the show. Yes. Um, <laughs> so when, when, the doctor, when the Doctor falls out of that cupboard, I assume you enjoy the foreshadowing pieces of Dalek artwork on the wall. Huh? So when, when, doctors, when, when he first sets out the cupboard and they're having that little conversation with Linda with a Y in sort of the corridor... Yeah. Towards the back of the Big Brother house. On the wall, there are canvas prints of Dalek roundels in a sort of multicoloured pop art style. It's one of my favourite li- favorite little details. Oh, my God. I've never noticed that before. How cool are those? Uh, wow. Yeah. So th- then the Doctor gets dragged into the diary room, do the joke that we did up top. You're now live on Channel 44,000. Please not swear. You've got exactly. to be Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's such a great hook to get you into the opening credits. It always makes me laugh. It's it's great. I will say, though, my favourite bit of the start mm-hmm. is the android. The an-droid. Um, Brilliant. I, Billy's great in that scene. Billy and Chris are on something in this two-parter. Like, they are literally on some acting juice. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. At this point, I mean, after Father's Day, if you were questioning Billy Piper, then, I mean, I don't know, you're just a misogynist. I don't know what to say to you. Like, you just hate women, I guess. I don't know what it is. Like, because obviously we've discussed before how um, there were a few doubters, obviously, because she was, before this, she was a pop star. She wasn't, she didn't act. She hadn't acted properly before. Yeah. Um, if after Father's Day you were still questioning her, this episode would have absolutely squished any of that. Well, should have anyway. Yeah, she's great. Um, and that's such a I don't know, that's such a good joke. Like, part of me wonders, like, how this works for kids and young people who are coming to the show now. Obviously, like I, this thing, it's like I, I didn't love the weakest link, but like it was on TV when. No, I was, but you know what it was. Yeah. yeah, same with Big Brother. Like I know what Big Brother is because it was just on TV, so I get the references even if I've never seen them. Like I had seen the weakest link, but not properly. Um, I hadn't seen um, the, um, the the one that I can't. I can never remember the name of the show that Jack is. Uh, they're supposed to be Trini and Susanna. Yeah. I know that. They had a show where they basically used it as an excuse to fat shame people for 40 minutes, but... Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I've never seen that, but that's just because that was, like, probably... Yeah, Weakest Link was at tea time, so... Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but I don't care if it doesn't hold up for kids. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, it was I... made in 2005, so... I don't know if you know, but from the research I've done, apparently that is Anne Robinson's voice. She was yeah, there. So, so I... I... Like a little bitch, I watched the Doctor Who Confidential for this episode. You did, you did, yeah. Because it was on my Blu-ray, and yeah, Russell says that uh, him and Phil Collinson were like convinced that there was no way Anne Robinson would want to do the voice for this, but apparently she was like, "No, that's hilarious." 
I love uh, that. And he said that apparently they were like scared little boys in front of her and they kept calling her Miss Robinson. <laughs> we're going to have to get an imitator. She's not going to want to do it, but no, it is her voice. And she was like, no, I absolutely want to do that. Yeah, why wouldn't you? It's a great gang. It's like one it's of the best so puns good. ever committed to screen. It's the android. Do you know what I really like about it, though? Is, obviously, I mean, the entire concept is so unique. It's ridiculously unique. I think that's what makes, that makes it stand out so much. Like, they are on a space station where, you know, the, the Earth has gone to crap, basically. Yeah. And there's over 10,000 channels, right? And each channel has, like, a reality show or something. But, like, you, people get selected from Earth because of this transmat beam. Yeah. And they get killed through these games. So there's a twist on all... I just... It's, it's so good. Yeah, because I, I, like, I like later on when Linda's describing some of them. Yeah. You know, she's like, like ground false, which is nasty because you get turned into compost. That was funny. So, yeah, you've got all of the different games. What was your favourite game out of the three? Ooh, I... It's hard because I, I really, I really love The Weakest Link. It's very creative. Rose on there is great fun. But, I don't know, there's something about the weird camp atmosphere of the Big Brother one. Yeah. That I just yeah. love. Like, don't get me wrong, I, um, the Captain Jack one is, like, funny. Um, it's the weakest of the three for me. Same. Uh, like, some of his lines are good. Like, I like when they're like, we ha- you have to lose that Oklahoma farm boy look. It's like, where did you get that denim? It's like, oh, I got him from a place in Cardiff, uh, the top shop. Like, <laughs> Which but... is actually Loki kind of vintage now, because it's yeah, closed oh, yeah, down. That's... Yeah, just the way he goes, the, the top shop. Like, the oh. top shop. I feel like the, I feel like John Barrowman would say that, though. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I like all of them, though, but I think Big Brother is my favourite, mostly because I really like I really like Crosby and Strood and Linda with a Y and Nine just walking around the Big Brother house. It's great. It is great. I think, for me, the weakest link just trumps it slightly because... It's the, the android. Yeah, I mean, fair. like I'm sorry, what the hell? But one th- one thing I love though. No, not just one thing. Many things I love, of course. Is the realization of what happens? Like you don't actually. I I remember when I first watched, I didn't even think that would happen. I was like, hang on, what? Why is everyone stressing? And then. Yeah. Yeah, no, the weakest link happens first. Yeah, that's 11 minutes in. They don't even reveal that quick. They 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 wait a good 11 minutes. Like that's great. And you got all the great android banter of the, you know, Rose, what do you what do you do? I just sort of travel about a bit, a bit of a tourist. So you're unemployed. Well, no. Do you have a job? Not really. So you are unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what she used to be like. It's so it's so Yeah. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, Rose, I don't know, like, Billy's so on point in that. I just love everything, the way she says everything. When she's like, you know, why did you vote for Fitch? I think she's got a few of the questions wrong. She's like, well, you got the most questions wrong in that round. She goes, yeah, well, I can't vote for myself, so... Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, I love it. It's iconic. It's great. It's just the way she, yeah, no, I, I love the fact that they got Rose to find it all funny, because it's, it is funny. Like, like you, if you didn't think that was going to happen, what, what was going to happen was going to happen, you think, why is this woman crying at the fact that She's getting that a, ro- that a robot Anne Robinson is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just bizarre. And then obviously she gets brought down to earth real quick. I will say though, when Crosby goes, right, 
Love her, by the way. Only saw her for, what, three minutes? But love her. Yeah. The way Strood is like, yeah. Oh, you're a smashing cook. Yeah. Oh, oh. I know. I mean, he's he, he he's a tactical little shit, but... <laughs> my God. Um, he's very he's very camp. Yeah, and then obviously she goes into the little thing and then the doctor's like... They make, they make the, the little... Oh, yeah, the little arch. Don't forget arch the little arch. with their arms, yeah. So funny. I, I do love that whole time. They're very quite emotional. And Nine is slumped on the sofa with his arms crossed. He's got his boots up. I made a note about this. He's, like, laying on the sofa. This makes me think of when I talk about Love Island and you're just sitting there, like... <laughs> like, you're yeah. Nine in that scene. I'm I'm Linda making the arch. I'm talking about Love Island and how much I love it and you're just sitting there, like... I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm <sighs> going, why are you sad? They'll be great on the outside. They've got a book deal. Yeah, literally. Like, but it's the way. But I like the way Linda was just like, "What do you mean the outside?" She didn't. She didn't just say anything else. Like, there was. It was just like. It built. Suggestive. It builds perfectly. Yeah. Every, the tension, the build, the building up of tension was just perfection. Yeah. Absolute perfection. I like the the ro- the robots that with Jack, make a reference to uh, President Schwarzenegger, which I mean yeah. feels scarily on point. Considering that Schwarzenegger was a governor in the US. Yeah, I still can't believe that happened. We did just have a reality TV star as president. Like, it... It is weird. Scarily close to the uh, the truth. Um, The only thing in that whole bit that I'm not sure about, and maybe this is really pearl-clutching of me, but, like, obviously it's quite innuendo-laden, and I like, you know, I like the whole... I'm naked in front of millions of people. Yeah, your viewing figures just went up. Yeah, it's very, it's very camp. It's very silly. Yeah. I, there's a bit when they say something, and Jack turns that one robot, and he like grabs her breasts. Yeah, I wrote that down. I and hated it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say it now. I don't know what it is with Jack in this episode, but the way he is acting is just irritating. Like, look, why are you touching the the, the robot's breasts? That's just strange. Why are you, why, why would you say, like, you know, when he shoots them and he says, ladies, the pleasure was all mine, but that's all that matters in the end anyway. Uh, sorry. He goes into like weird straight boy action hero for a bit in this. But I just, the thing is, he's probably saying that as like a joke, like a straight men, that's all they care about. But that's not how he Yeah. kind of phrased it. It sounded like you said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like he's saying that without irony. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't like it. <laughs> no, um, me either. I what I like, uh, and it's backpedalling a, a little bit, but we love a bit of jumping around. Is that Rose is so happy that she answers a math question correctly? I'd be as well. Jeez. Me too. But there's other like I think it's because other people are getting you know what is the plumbus of the second globular moon. Of Uranus <laughs> and you know all nonsense sci-fi things, and she starts to do like what's three hundred fifty-nine minus one hundred fifty. That would like, have stumped me. Oh yeah, and I like, but I like that she gets it. And she, she goes like, yeah, and she's really happy. She has the bronze. She has the bronze. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, also, a great little 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 spot in like all the celebrity things when when Crosby's getting evicted, they have the Davina droid. Yes, that's what the yeah. voice is. When when, they, when she comes on the TV, she's like, "Big Brother House, this is the Davina droid." Like, oh, 
Yeah. You got the the, the Davina droid. I will say, j- again, jumping around, I will never, ever, ever not laugh at Jack pulling a gun out of his arsehole. It's great. It's so funny. And do you know what's even funnier is when I was a child, I was so confused. <laughs> like, sweet. I actually thought, do you know what I thought? This is, how, this, is, this is how sheltered I was as a child, really and truly. I thought he had, like, a pocket <laughs> on his body that he kept I mean, it he, in. He does of sorts. Yes, I know, but you know what I mean? I thought it was, like... Yeah, like a hidden, a pocket. yeah, yeah, and then as I, you know, grew up and you know, g- developed brain cells, I was like, oh my god, yeah, like that's that's a compact laser deluxe. Where on earth are you hiding that? Trust me, <laughs> you, you don't, don't want to know. know. <laughs> I love it though. I'm sorry, I, I love it. As silly as it is, it makes me giggle. Like, uh, and before that, before he pulls the laser out on them, they're like talking about cutting his head off and you get that one she's like it's like I think you'd look good with a dog's head uh, like, I was like this is so camp it's so camp but also yeah. Trini and Susanna had the worst like actual Trini and Susanna not just these robots because I think that's what they're based on I think no they are yeah like you, you would you, if you've watched an episode of well, I forget what the show the show that they did but like they'd be like oh she dresses so frumpy she dresses so like this we need to come in and help her and literally one of them is wearing a dress over jeans. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you have no leg to stand on when, when you're wearing a dress over literal jeans. Yeah. That, like, yeah, that come is on. not a good look. It's not. So it doesn't surprise me that they would say something like that, the robots. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I would like to talk about something that may trigger you specifically, Elliot. Oh, dear. And and you've mentioned before that you don't like it. I don't know if on the podcast, but definitely to me. The controller. Look. Yeah. No. Like, amazingly horrible, creepy design. My note here says the controller's design gives me the ick, but I think that's intentional. No, it totally is. It's when... Oh, it's everything's like her bathing the blue light, but even later when she's on the Dalek ship and she's got, like, the holes in her that are just like... Uh, even the way her hair is styled just physically makes me go... Oh. Yeah. I think it's... um. What's uh, I think I have a very very mild case of because I hate people self-diagnosing with phobias they have, but I think I do have a, a very mild case of is it tryptophobia the one with the holes? Yeah, with the holes. Yeah. yeah, they do make me gag quite a bit. Not you know like it would never it's never like a full-on phobia, but it does make me wretch a lot of the time. And I think it's one of those things you sort of full of holes and weird things and yeah, no. odd textures that just make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I she always used to creep me out when I was a bit younger as well. I mean, I always thought that she had, she because she was programmed to the computer since she was five, which, oh my God, we need, we need an audio adventure about that. I would, that's actually fascinating to me. That is actually fascinating. Yeah, five, five-year-old kidnapped by the Daleks and plugged into But what it. made them pick her? That's what I want to know. Mm. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, how boring, but if this was, if this was a Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Um, episode the first 20 minutes would have been watching her as a girl seeing a weird thing at the end of the garden and then she gets like and it's all we're spending half the episode in her living room like silence in the library (laughs) um where you're just watching her as a little girl and it's not interesting and bogs the pacing of the episode down (laughs) silence in the library you know it'd just be like that Uh, i'm really glad i'm really glad it's not yeah 
Yeah. Personally, it, I'm glad it's not. The horror of her just being like, of them just being like, yeah, she's been here since she was five. It's so much more effective than if we watched her entire backstory. IMO. I really like that whole bit with her and the Doctor. That is creepy. That is eerie. That is scary. That is everything that I want in television. She can't like she can't talk in fully formed sentences. But it's the way that because I thought, like I said, she was programmed to a computer, right? And that she had to speak those numbers like twenty, twenty-seven, fifteen, five, four. But she literally, if she does anything else, she will die. It reminds me of um, reminds me of like a numbers station. Yeah. You know, like people don't really know what they were for, but were broadcast. Presumably, it's like code during the Cold War, and you yeah. can just you can still find active ones. You just tune into like a number station, and all it is is someone on repeat just reading, like, twenty nine, fourteen, eight from years ago, thirty one. Yeah, it's just someone reading numbers on repeat just to see. That's eerie. Numbers. That's really yeah. Eerie. You can you can still tune into number stations. I don't like that. Yeah, that's I will all not it be is. doing that. Yeah, it's cool. It's weird. Let me ask you this now. This may make me sound like I'm thick. Hmm. But from what I gather, because I do think the two-part sometimes does lack in explanation in certain areas. It just trusts that we're all smart, which I definitely am not sometimes. It so, does help what I've seen this episode about 40 times. Yeah. This is why I want to ask you. Okay. Is it that the Doctor is brought on board with the transmat because the controller knows that that is how the Daleks will be defeated? Is that what? why? Yeah, I assume that she has, like, not necessarily that she has control over the transmat, but that she's able to gain control over the transmat and choose, yeah, the Doctor, because she knows that he's the only one who can defeat the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really clever when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, one of the creepiest moments in the whole episode, for me, for me, for me... For you? Is, um, yeah, when... She's just saying numbers and then, like, the Doctor can't get anything out of her and then they're talking completely about something else. Yeah. And then you just get her go, Doctor. Oof. It's like, oh, yeah. It's just uncomfortable. I mean, the the behind-the-scenes photos make it less scary. Like, I found some and I sent them to you earlier. She just looks so lovely. She looks so lovely and chill, but, like, in the episode, my God. Lighting is a thing. Um, (laughs) I will say the contact lenses do ruin it for me a little bit. But I get why they had them. I think she looks really good when she's bathed in colour. It's then when she is, like, just on, like, flat natural lighting of the Dalek ship. You kind of go... Well, not not just that. It's like the close-up. You can just see the rim of the contact lens. Yeah, that's true. Then she starts giving the codes away when the solar flare's gone. So, obviously, the solar flare... There's a solar flare in space which allows the Daleks to not hear what she's saying. Mm. And then... She decides to sacrifice herself anyway and give him the coat. I don't even. She, she she didn't even get to finish it, did she? No, I feel like if she does, it's like literally just enough. Yeah, just enough. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah. And then, you know, she takes, she's transported to the ship wearing like a, I didn't realize she was wearing green. Hmm. And when I first watched it, I was like, that, she was wearing green? Oh green. my God. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. She's like, you know, you can kill me because I brought about your destruction. And then she does that weird face when she dies, but whatever. That's <laughs> Guys, you just missed it. Elliot. It is exactly like that. Elliot did a great mouth wide open face thing and it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, Stranger Things Series 4 came out mm. much later. Decade and yeah. a bit later. But like, low-key... The Duffer brothers need to give credit where credit is due. Like, that is very Vecna vibes, the way she's, like, plugged up to that mm. computer, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Probably. Uh, oh, yeah, you haven't seen it, have you? I've never seen Strange Things, so I don't know. Okay, well, to the most of you probably have seen it. Um, she's she's connected to the computers, and she's, like, kind of, she's almost kind of floating, isn't she? Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it just looks like when Vecna is, like, floating in that haunted house and he's, like, connected using his, like... It's very ethereal. It's just... But, yeah, I just think it's really good. So, continuing with, like, the side characters that were great... Yeah. I mean, Linda with a Y, she... She is the moment. She's... She's sweet. But who votes for sweet? I love... I... I... Nine proper fancies are... Nine and Linda, yeah. I ship it. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm here for it. Because the, the way to it, just because he's trying to think of something on the fly, which is like, what do people think about me? He just goes, uh, you're sweet. People think you're sweet. And then she goes, she goes, really? They think I'm sweet? No one's ever said that about me. And he's like, do people really think I'm sweet? And then you sort of realise that he now thinks that as well. And he just goes like, yeah, dead sweet. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you little flirt. Do you know what, though? I actually watched a bit of Confidential recently as well. And you know, um, second episode, End of the World, you know the tree lady, I forget her name. Um, yeah. Apparently, Christopher Eccleston said something and I was like, oh. He's like, nine fancied the pants off of her, like the tree lady. Yeah. I don't I totally agree. I think he fancied the pants off of Linda. I mean, I feel like he, he definitely did fancy the tree in that episode. But oh, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad, though, that, nine, that like Chris is playing these as, like, he actually definitely fancies them. Yeah. Because there's so many little interactions. Like, I mean, again, when she's like, oh, maybe I could come with you. Like, maybe you could. Because I wouldn't get in the way because I wouldn't mind I wouldn't if mind you if you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, it's really sweet. They're kind of iconic. Um, Low-key. Even when, when, he's leaving, when he's leaving the Big Brother house and he's just holding his hand out to her. Like, yeah. that feels like one of the biggest romantic gestures in the whole show and it's like a nine and a side character. I have to say, actually... This whole two-parter is actually quite romantic. I, I, I find it really romantic. Yeah. No, it is. It's a very, very romantic, very romantic two-parter. But that's, like, why we like all the Rusty Davis stuff, right? Because it's got the horror and the comedy and the weird stuff and the tension and the romance to sort of make it, like, a really fun, pulpy science fiction thing. Absolutely. And Nine is incredibly jealous of Jack flirting with Linda with a Y. Yeah. He does not like that. He doesn't like it. I tell you what, Jack's flirting 
I will never get tired of. I think it's hilarious. But I will say it's not the best time he does it. I think in series three, that's when it's like, oh, yeah. The fact that the character can have a catchphrase that's flirting, which is just that they say... Hi. Nice nice to meet you, whatever you... Yeah, like... Yeah. And that's, you know, they're flirting. Exactly. Yeah. There's a time and a place. Makes me even sadder remembering what happens to Linda with a Y next episode. Yeah. I just... I think what it is with Linda, I just think she is... The innocent, isn't she? Yeah. She's the innocent. Yeah. And um, I feel like she's almost... Because she's she's the she's almost kind of like... Not the narrator. That's not... N- not the narrator, but she helps set up the situation. She's, she's the main character. She is the moment. Because even when later on when they figure out the trans part, Nine's anger. Where I, like, I love that whole scene where she's just like... When, when Jack's like, okay, loaded with a Y, can you stand over there? She goes... I, I just really want to go home. Yeah, she, I just want to go home. It's good. It'll only take a second, right over there. And quick as you can. After, <laughs> quick as you can. Then right as it happens, just the way Nine she goes, you killed her. He's yeah. really like, oh, he's he, he's going to punch him. Yeah. Yeah. I, she reappears. Yeah. It. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. But yeah, no, I, I think Linda and Nine actually make a really cute little pairing. Yeah, me too. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh and I like the I like the actor as well. She's cool. Yeah, Joe Joyner is great. She's really good in it. Yeah, watch what if you if you're missing kitsch daytime TV, watch Shakespeare and Hathaway. It's completely stupid, but it's just her and um I can't remember the Welsh actor's name. Uh, you'd recognise his face. They played like a private detective Ooh, okay. duo. The whole gimmick is that it's set in Stratford Stratford upon Avon and yeah, they're called Hathaway. They're called Hathaway and Shakespeare. It's... I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go have a look at that after this. <laughs> it's probably all on BBC iPlayer. It's very, very camp, but it's like fun little daytime silliness. And it, she's, the, it she's the good. co-lead. Yeah, but she, yeah, she's great. I love her in it, and I don't like how they kind of dressed her like Rose, though. That kind of annoyed me. It's like, why are you doing that? Yeah, her wardrobe's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's very Rose. It's very punky fish. That's Rose's thing. Don't give that to Linda. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, what what episode's Rose wear the grey hoodie? It's, um, end of the world, isn't it? It's very end of the world, Rose. Very end of the world. It it was giving Christmas invasion grey hoodie as well. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. Satsuma. Satsuma. Uh. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, Hold your horses. Sorry, um, one thing that was good though despite the costume is the sets i really believe i believe the scale i believe the space the entire space you know i have no production design experience i'm just telling you as a viewer what i see i just believe it i totally believe it i mean it definitely helps that the aesthetic is studio tv sets yep as well, yeah, like, exactly. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like where where they're doing the makeover thing with Jack, like that can be a very standard like box studio design because you get the sense that that's just how that kind of show would be filmed anyway. Yeah, but I also don't struggle to imagine the fourth wall being there at the same time. It's very well done. Yeah, it's it's great, and I love how tacky the Big Brother places. I really love the design of the Big Brother Eye with the galaxy. Yeah. Spinning in the middle of it, that's a very, very cool design. I mean, I think that is just from the show, to be honest. I think. Is it? I assumed, I assumed it was a sci-fi thing, but it's probably just from the show. I think it might be from the show. Um, all right, can we talk about the Bad Wolf reveal? Yes. Oh, yes. The two-pronged reveal that gives the episode its name. Roderick 
saying that the credits are courtesy of the Bad Wolf Corporation. Yeah. Rose takes a little trip down memory lane. We see Gwyneth. We see Gwyneth. Again, my, my best friend. We see Blythe Droog. We see the spray painting on the TARDIS. And we see Bad Wolf 1 descending. That, I don't think they should have included that. No, because logically the Rose and, Rose and the Doctor weren't there to see that happen. No, exactly. Right? Yeah, it's just an establishing charm. Yeah. So. They shouldn't have put, used it. Naughty. Yeah, and then of course later on you get the one of after the after the Yeah. I wouldn't get in the way. I wouldn't mind if you did. Then yeah. Linda turns the lights on and you get the big The scale again, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a though so it looks really good for like a computer generated title effect up there. A lot of the effects in this episode actually hold up. Yeah. I oh, have yeah. to say. That's where the budget went. Yes. But Nine's face is just oh it looks so Right, Chris really exercised those face muscles. Oh my god. There is one specific moment with his face. Is it the one? Gone. Is yeah. it I mean, well, well I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail, but is it the completely unbroken shot of his face after Rose's dead? Well, no, but there's that as well. Oh, we'll get to that. Because he just looks down the camera for like two minutes. And has to do nothing but anchor his face. It's when, obviously, the Dalek reveal happens. Mm. I mean, what a reveal, guys. That bit of music always gives me chills, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's certain bits of Doctor Who score. I mean, most of it gives me chills, but there's some specific ones, and that is one of them. And it's actually my favourite bit in the whole episode. Maybe we're talking about the same one, I don't know. Yeah. And this maybe is just for you because no one at home is going to know what I'm doing. It's when that camera pulls back and you get the reveal of the Daleks and the Daleks like open communication channels and then they come up and the Doc sees the Daleks for the first time and he goes... Yeah, proper, he like, like gets himself he ready. Jacket, yeah, he's just like he's ready for a fight. It's great. Okay, it's kind of hot, isn't it? It's a little bit hot. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, he's angry. He's, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Just to great. clarify, Chris Ferguson's a wonderful man. I don't actually fancy Chris Ferguson, but that bit, I was like, Chris, you could get it in that moment. Um, but then, it's literally in that bit where... So, the, when I was talking about facial expressions, it's when he says, hi, hello, and he smiles at them, and then his face just goes down into a frown. Oh, Chris... Chris, my friend, my best friend. And it gets even better next episode somehow. Oh. Why didn't Chris Eccleston get a BAFTA for Doctor Who? Did he ever get an award for Doctor Who? No, I don't think he did. I think it's criminal. No, I really mean that. I'm not saying that as like a jokey thing. I actually mean that because Chris is one of the strongest actors in the entire show, like, to ever exist. Like, I'm very, very at peace with David Tennant. I love David Tennant's... Good. I'm so excited to win the next year of the show. But I think it's this two-parter specifically because he's so on fire where I just go, we lost such a good doctor. I think Chris would have been... I mean, one and done. Like, it's series one is immaculate for me. I mean, we've already established how much we love series one. Um, But I feel like he really could have done with another series. I feel like two series with Chris would have been lovely. Yeah. So from what from what I have been able to ascertain, this is not particularly anything but the the NTA, so the National Television Awards, uh their most popular actor was awarded to Chris Ruxton for Doctor Who in two thousand five, yeah. And then from then on it's it is like a clean sweep for Doctor Who, because then in two thousand six 
and 2007, David Tennant wins it as well. <laughs> so I felt like that's just because Doctor Who was just at the height of its popularity. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that Chris got something because he deserves it. And he, despite another thing that happened, it, I'm going to bring it up because it, it has. I have to bring it up, I'm sorry. Is, you know, knowing that, like, this is when things were going a bit sour for him personally behind the scenes and, like... I just, it, it's always, I do feel a bit bittersweet about watching series one now because I just know what, like, you know, that Chris doesn't feel, like, it just shows how much of a good actor he is because he, he wasn't actually having the best time, was he? And Nine gets a complete story arc um, because they didn't know if they were ever actually going to yeah. get a second series. Yeah. So they made it so he has a complete arc and it does work really well. Nine's arc is perfect and doesn't need to be changed. But we are robbed by not having more Chris Druckerson. Agreed. And I mean, look, I mean, even recently, we could have mentioned it in the news section, but I'll mention it now. Uh, Chris went on a weird Instagram posting spree, posting every role he'd ever played. I mean, I'm here yeah. for it, Chris. Post as much as you want. I love it. Especially, especially um, really slagging off how much he hates Thor and Dark World. Brilliant. Just it's so... Bizarre. He doesn't give a flying fuck. He doesn't care. No. And I love it. Um, but yeah, you know, he he put the doctor and he actually had to edit the caption because he was like, I loved playing him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, I love actually, can him. I can I read it verbatim? Sorry, can I actually do that? Finish your point, yeah. Because I love I love Chris's physicality and the way he moves and everything. And one of the funny things about when I was reading some of those first interviews with him before he had his first big finish box set, he was like the hardest thing about doing voice acting. He was like, I'm a very physical actor. He's like, so I was standing in the studio and throwing things across the room and like kicking things over, and I had to be told to just stand still and deliver my lines. And it's great because I can just imagine him like with his hands in his pockets, like you know, like he's got that leather jacket on, and with his hands in his pockets, he's kicking things down, he's like spitting at things as he's like delivering his lines. And I could just imagine that so well. Yeah. Ooh, I'm now looking at Chris Eccleston's Instagram, and he's done like a complete wipe of all his old stuff. So like. I'm trying to scroll down his profile, literally. Has he still got Parasite and Chief, Parasite and Chief and Iridia, huh? No, he's deleted everything old. Yeah, but, yeah, so the Doctor post he made. I really don't know why he's done this. Chris, explain yourself. Why have you deleted all your Instagram content? Stop it. Um, he wrote, Doctor Who 2005, the Doctor. I loved playing him. Much love to Shuti Gatwa. Mm-mm. His beard's gone grey. Oh. He's in Cornwall, apparently. Love that for him. Anyway, moving on. Stop stalking Christopher Rackerson. I need to stop. But then also, I want to mention, I think it also shows how much of a good actor he is. Because him and Jack, their chemistry is so great. I think, you know, the Doctor, and especially Nine and... I love Nine and Jack's relationship. I think it's really cheeky, really fun. But Chris did not like John Varaman. Yeah. Like, yeah, like they did not get on. Yeah, like, it wasn't it a recent comment? You sent it to me, didn't you? They, uh, so this commenter said, you're definitely no John Barrowman. I have no idea what that was in reply to. But yeah. I said, you're definitely no John Barrowman. Chris Rooks said, you're absolutely correct. I'm into, I'm indisputably nothing like that individual. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, yeah. and I mean, I don't even know where Billy stands with all of this. I still don't really know. Obviously, speculation isn't always a nice thing, but I just, I just want to point out that obviously... These guys don't really stay in touch anymore. They don't. Half of them don't like each other, whatever. But either way, their chemistry still is on fire in this. As perfectly exemplified by the scene where she dies. We've got to talk about it. Can't keep putting it off. It's 
She doesn't die, but it always makes me sad. It's because, like, it's because it's so it's so hopeful before that. Yeah, like the tension is building, building, building. Yeah, like her answering those questions, and like I say, Roderick only gets one more question right than her, so he's not that smart. But I mean, fuck Roderick, like seriously. I've always had so much confidence the way that when they ask about the fashion designer, she goes, shows. Yeah. Shows. The face of Bo. The face of Bo, she knows. And then again, like I said last week, I cannot ever try to say Reykjavik without hearing Billy Bunn yeah, going. Yeah, you're going Reykjavik. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know, just the building of the music as Rose is like pleading for what she presumes is her life. Well, I mean... You know, before she starts pleading and she's like answering the questions, Billy's acting there specifically is incredible. Like the way she's just like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm gonna die if I don't get." Oh my god, like you can you can hear her thoughts almost. That's why that Ricky. That's why you know as much as I joke about that Ricky Vic, like it is a great line because you know that she's just is like she's. It's always if she doesn't say it, then it can't be wrong. And she's saying it as slow as possible. Yeah, it's just not Ricky Vic's Rick. Yep. Yep. With the hope of just, is it right, please? I don't want to die, thank you. Um, but yeah, and it's like, you know, the doctor w- watching the floors go up, blah, 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 with, and then, um, you know, just oh, the whole thing. Is, oh, and then, like, you just think, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then she runs off. The doctor comes in and you think, there we go. They're, 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 he's there to save her. No. And I know, obviously, in watching this episode in 2005, you just, you assume that's it. She's she's dead. This is the thing, though. I had this note for the next episode coming up. But it's, in, it's, it's relevant for this as well. The stakes are always really high. Like, they're never like, oh, there's no stakes, you know they're going to survive. No, you don't know. You literally have no clue. Just say it, and then he collapses to his knees. And I love that the music just generally fades out. I like, though, that while he's, like, looking at her ashes, you can just hear Jack in the background threatening yeah. everybody with his gun. But he's like, you stupid game, kill her. I will say, I think John, really John Barrowman did a really good job in that scene. Yeah, he's really powerful in that scene. Really powerful. Yeah, really yeah. powerful. And like he's, just, doing the, yeah. he's doing the loud, shouty, showy version of being angry while Nine, uh, Chris is doing the... the I can't like, speak. I'm just in despair. And... The more that we end up learning about the character through expanded stuff and things we learn later on, obviously, you know, him still being very much the war doctor. Yeah. Like, losing someone that he cares about is like, that's too much loss for him. Yeah, it's, like, like you were mentioning earlier, that shot of his face with that person reading out his rights, you know, being arrested, and it, it, it just slowly, slowly gets quieter and it's just the doctor's just like i i can't speak yeah because this thing is not even like he's not even doing showy sadness he's just no. looking like there's just nothing there is there he's just there's no point to empty. anything yeah i want to say so obviously there's that that we said you know rose dies slash doesn't because we find out that it's a second trans man which is it's a trans man great the tardis figured it out it's so great. I will say, ah, I will say, you know how, um, was it Ward 20? No, Ward, no, somewhere. Uh, archive 6. Archive is 6 it? is out of bounds. And yeah. then Jack, there's that really weirdly placed bit where Jack just walks in the room and gets the TARDIS and opens it. Yeah. 
walks in, sees Rose's jacket, has a moment, and then goes to the screen. It was just too slow. Like, speed it up, speed it up. I, I, but I do, lo- I do love. Excuse me, you can't go in there. Archive six is out of bounds. Do I look like an out of bounds kind of guy? No, it's great. No, that that's good. It's very, very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just think that bit was pacing wise, it was really off, and yeah, it was but, really yeah. silent, and I didn't like if it. You had have, if you had have gone in there, looked at the TARDIS, and gone, ah. Oh, like and then and then later had come out and been like yeah. the TARDIS figured it out uh, yeah exactly it's fine. yeah and like seeing yeah seeing Rose's jacket doesn't really add anything to that I will say though I feel like we do forget that Jack really does love Rose obviously Rose and Jack this is the thing this is the thing I am still a bit annoyed that Jack and Rose don't have a proper reunion in Doctor Who. Like they do, they see each other, but they don't have that moment. Like, oh my god! Yeah. I mean, like it's... Jack being like, "I watched you grow. I went back and watched you grow yeah. up, and you know." Uh, and Rose being like, "I haven't seen you in so long. Oh my god, how are you?" Like they just don't say anything like that, and it really it kind of annoys me a little bit. That still annoys yeah. me. I I I have I I have an issue with. Soul and Earth, Journey's End, Rose, just in general, just the way she's characterised, I don't like. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get yeah. to it. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's lovely seeing her, but I don't like her. I don't like her petty jealousy and stuff. I don't like it. Oh my god, we will get into it. Trust me. Trust me. But um, yeah, like you say, you know, like it's what Jack. Yeah, I feel like Jack. I, I don't actually think Jack fancies her. No, not at all. No, he doesn't fancy in, her at all. He, I think he's definitely much more fatherly. I think it's more well, like yeah, best fact, friends, more like best friend yeah. vibes. So the fact that with his immortality he chooses to go watch her growing up is like... Don't, it just makes me... Wholesome as fuck. Yeah, and like, when they realise Rose... So speaking of that, because obviously they mentioned that in Utopia, there's another parallel to Utopia when, you know, Jack is like, Doctor, Rose is still alive, and they hug. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Yeah, and then in Utopia, Ten is like, no, no, she's a parallel world, she's fine. Yeah, he's like, oh, great, yeah. He's like, oh, my God, yes, and then they hug, and then Martha's like, good old Rose. Yeah, Rose. We'll get to that as well. Um, But, yeah, nice little parallel there. I'm just thinking about how good Utopia is. So good. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, of, I'm just thinking of Jack going, you know, like he may not be the last one. He's like, he's like, you know, Martha being like, aren't, aren't you excited? He's just like, he's like, yeah, yeah, of course I am, great, brilliant. So it's just me. Orson die the Time Lords Orson them all die burning and it's just like just the way Ted could just switch from like yeah yeah fantastic but also no they're dead I hate it they're dead oh, death I sadness I love it yeah so oh, I love it I love it I can't wait to talk about Utopia I can't wait to talk about Series 3 I really can't um, but yeah I love that little I really love that little parallel um, but then obviously we get to the knit and the grit the grit and the knit the knit and the grit the Doctor Jack and Linda, well, Linda doesn't have a gun, but the Doctor and Jack have a gun. <laughs> the Doctor has a big gun. Again, kind of hot. Chris, good for you. Um, How angry he looks, yeah. I, I just really like an angry man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, i got to say, one, actually, my, my, big, my big crush in this whole episode, yeah. and the next one, is oh. the actor's name... Oh, go on. No, 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 I think I know what you're going to say. So it's the male, it's the male programmer. Yeah. Joe Stone Fewings is his name, apparently. Yeah. He's so cute. And I li- actually, I like his romance arc with the lady programmer. I really you like You mean Elaine the Payne from Tracy Beaker? Elaine the Payne from Tracy Beaker, absolutely. Yeah. Who, even when I was watching it as a kid, I was like, that's Elaine the Payne. Yeah, literally. Um, um, I, love, I love their whole arc, but I don't know, he's, he's so sweet. He is. Like, I think their little romance 
you know, you know, like well, we'll talk about it in the next one, but you know, yeah, they're so they're so sweet. But just like the ways, the ways, like yeah, it's like, aren't you going to shoot us? Yeah, don't be so thick. As if I was ever going to shoot you. And then when they're talking, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm hold, I'm holding your gun. So put it down like, then. He's like, sorry, yeah, it's just. No, he was oh. like, no, he was saying like, can I put it down now? Because it's actually kind of heavy. And he's like, can you? Oh yeah, he's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm holding your gun. He goes, yeah, good for you. He's like, but could I put it down? It's heavy. He's like, yeah, go on if you must. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he comes over to, he comes over to Jack, doesn't he? Later on with the. Um, yeah. Uh, with the thing, he's like, "Oh, I've got the, I've got the coordinates or whatever it is." You know, and then and, Jack is just um, like, "Oh, hi!" Just, just like you're, you're fantastic. He's like, "What's your name?" Oh, Davich Patel. It's nice to meet you, Davich Patel. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, "There's uh, a time and a place, Jack." <laughs> it's great. <laughs> no, I, I, this, it, just the side characters in this episode are so well done. My, my note for that says, uh, "Davich, Pat- Davich Pavel is so sweet. I wish him and Jack had kissed." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, he's, he's yeah. like. I love Linda with a Y, but that's more in like a, oh, I, I ship them, whereas I, I want Davidge Pavel to be my boyfriend. I'll take Elaine the pain. <laughs> yeah, fine. She yeah. looks great I mean, in this she's, episode. She's cute too, so I don't care. But she looks great. Um, yeah. But yeah, love that. Um, but then, yeah, we get the Dalek reveal and it's flipping great. So I'm really boring, but I think the shot of the Dalek approaching Rose with the ice stalk. Which I love, by the way. I just love Rose when she just like stands up and she's like, "Oh my god, that's impossible." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that shot where she gets back to get the. He was going to kill ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that shot is a reference to the very first Dalek story. Oh yeah, probably. Because she's backed up against that wall, right? And we see the like plunger arm come up against her. On her and... crotch, which is just weird. It like comes up and then it's like on her neck, isn't it? It's sort of like uh, and then around and up there. In the original, yeah, the first Dalek story, the cliffhanger of episode one, yeah, it's Barbara sort of keeps getting tracked in these corridors and then like you get a POV shot and then the arm, the plunger arm, sort of comes out and like reaches up for her face and sort of is around her neck and she screams. And I think it's a reference to that POV. I will say one thing I don't like about the design of the Dalek ship is that it's like honeycomb on the wall and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it it's. It's taking a lot of like cues from sort of classic Dalek spaceships, but yeah, I was never sort of too. It feels a bit empty and a bit sort of nothingy. Yeah, um, it's too empty. That's it. It's too empty. Yeah, uh, but I love I love the I like how meaty some of the Dalek voices. Are. I like it when the Dalek voices are deeper. So yeah. I like that first one that comes out and he's got that really cruncher. He's like alert, alert. Yeah, it's yeah. Like really like yeah, really. It's nasty, great. crunchy. Yeah. It. We don't like crunch or texture here. <laughs> Only in Dalek voices. Only in Dalek voices. Um, we are detected. But yeah, I think. Oh, <laughs> um, it's, dude. I just love. I love like uh, Rossiev is really good at writing Dalek dialogue. Oh yeah. The fact that the Daleks called Rose his associate. Yeah. Is we so, have your they're associate. Just, <laughs> they're so incapable of even being like friend or companion. It has to be associate. Associate, yeah. Can you imagine if they went, we have your side ting? <laughs> <laughs> we, have your, we have your bitch. We have your bitch. No, no. No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, have your, we have your bestie. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on forever. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> are you thinking of more? You don't like you're yeah, thinking no, of more? Yeah, but just they're, none of them are nice. They're all just horrible. Just yeah. horrible, disgusting Yeah, things. degenerate, filth. Yeah. Which is what we are. Yeah. Absolutely. I've never been more embarrassed than 
big toothy time vaginas. Go and listen to Father's Day, guys. The episode that we spoke about. Yeah, it, it's oh. a good time. But yeah, I love, I love, I love all of that. I love like. I just the love the last bit out. of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor working out the maths of how many of them there are. And the fact that he like he's not putting off saying what they are for like a reveal for the episode, but he just almost can't say it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he says how many are there on the ship? He's like, it's just about half a million of them. Yeah. Like what? He's Daleks. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's insane. You get the little get the little smug roll of the head, shrug of the shoulders as he's ready to fight them. And you just get that amazing no. Yeah, just no. Yeah. No. I'm not gonna do what you say. No. And then, and then the speech. So romantic, isn't it? Isn't it? It's so romantic. Yeah, like I, I, all I've got is just Chris just going. I'm gonna rescue her. La- gonna write of every last stinking darling out of the sky. Out of the sky, and then oh yeah, I love that the last lines of the whole episode, other than the Dalek shouting exterminate, is just him going, Rose. Yes, Doctor, I'm coming to get you. That's it. Yeah. Okay, oh, but okay, so Elliot. But do we both low key fancy Chris Eccleston in this episode? Oh, I mean, definitely. I would. Yeah. In like, this I'm episode, I'm not normally that attracted to him, but he's very yeah. He's so romantic and angry. It's great. I love romantic angry. Yeah. I love aggressive romantic angry. Oh. So yeah, someone who can assertively say, "I'm coming to get you," is so like. And yeah, and I. Um, oh, the, there's a, there's another good little bit of that speech that I really. Oh yeah, it's when it's when, when the Dalek is like you. Know, but you, you have you have no plans, no weapons. He's like, yeah, doesn't that scare you to death. death? Yeah. Welcome to the Colon Pond podcast, where we just like to quote Doctor Who at you for forty five minutes to an hour. Which is very very funny because we have a section that's specifically dedicated to quotes, but we spaff all of them by just <laughs> spaff. <laughs> 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 is, that a fu- is that a funny word down I say spafoogle instead oh that is horrible <laughs> as long as that's never actually used in a serious context no I'm absolutely fine with that yeah. no never because yeah. that yeah that's ma- I mean that's making me cringe even in a jokey context but it's disgusting yeah yeah nasties moving on um, <laughs> um but yeah that one. but yeah just the little rescue speech Real cute, real romantic, real iconic. I love it so much. And it makes you want to watch Parting of the Ways. It absolutely does. So, now that we're at the end of the episode, let's go into our classic, classic questions. First and foremost, from the top, what was the standout moment for you? Besides the entire episode, probably got to be Rose's fake death. Oh, yeah, good one. Like, just nothing... The whole episode is a standout moment. I love it. But there is nothing more powerful than that scene. Agreed. Like, it would probably bust its way into a top ten of my like favourite scenes from the whole show, so... Yep. I have to give it to that. It's it's when actors... Sorry, not actors. It's when characters felt like, you know, their deaths actually could mean something. Imagine. Imagine. But uh, what was your stand-up moment? Mine's the Dalek reveal. It makes me, it makes me have chills every time with that fail. The music, everything. The music was musicking. The score was scoring. Murray was murraying. How scared the Doctor is. 
Yeah, it's it, it's like 10 different emotions in one scene and it's just great. I love it. And I, I love the it. design of the Dalek ships, by the way. I think great. Yeah, like they feel consistent, but they're also like retro B-movie sources as well. It's very funny because the Daleks are bronze, but uh, in that, actually in that confidential, there's loads of like stupid headlines from fucking shit rags like the sun that was like the dalek goes bling when they had like set photos of it like, <laughs> like people the apparently dalek like, goes bling yeah literally genuine like loads of outrage that they're gold daleks they're like pimp my dalek just horrible to the earth and like terrible but now like now they're considered the best design for the daleks by and fandom and you know so they're not gold they're bronze they've got the bronze they've got the bronze <laughs> and they look great yeah and they look so. great but yeah, of course. But it was the fashion at the time, right, before Doctor Who actually came back onto the air for the newspapers to just be like, how terrible does this show look? Yeah. I mean, we still do it now. Because culturally, Doctor Who was hated at the time. I, I love Confidential. I'm so glad. Uh, no, not glad. My God, no. I'm so upset that they got rid of it in the first instance because I loved it. I used to watch the episode and then go straight to BBC Three and watch Confidential. And it was like an hour long. Yeah, that's the thing. These are, these are the cut down Confidentials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like 12 minutes, I think, each. But I don't get why they never just released the full episodes of Doctor Who Confidential on separate DVDs, because I would have bought them, along with everyone else. Of course, narrated by Simon Pegg. Which kind of puts me off. Okay. Uh, what? Well, speaking of things that didn't work... <laughs> think, speaking of things that put me off and aren't good actors, what... what? <laughs> uh. What was a moment that didn't work for you? Um, I'll be honest, this was actually kind of hard and I really had to think, which is, I think, the mm-hmm. first time I've had to do that. Yeah. As much as I love Father's Day, there there was, you know, the issue that I had with it. Um, I would say if I had to pick something, it was, you know, Jack's weird sexist comments and the way he was acting. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I get that. Yeah. I would yeah, choose you? that. I would choose that too. But because you've chosen it, I'm not going to. So it's my backup one that's slightly less serious, which is when when they are looking at the Dalek fleet on the yep. monitor, yep. The, they start doing the sort of pull out of the fleet, which is a camera move. Yeah. Which, realistically, if you're looking at it through just like a satellite five camera feed, is not going to be able to do. But they transition into the into the actual shot so quickly that it doesn't matter. But every time it starts, I'm always like, how's as a security camera doing that. I think that as well, actually. I do. But it's nothing, really. It's not. It's so inoffensive. But, like, every time I see it, I was like, oh. They should have just had, like, the shot of all of them there, and they would have been like, whoa. But so they get into the moving shot just as a shot so quickly that it doesn't really matter. So what was your most doctory moment? What did you feel like was your most doctory moment? I think my most doctory moment... Uh... Because we've actually mentioned a couple of them now, so I'm going to go for a different one. Is probably when they when they storm floor 500, and Doctor's talking to Elaine the Pain. Yeah. And uh, when when that when the Doctor's talking about how sick it is that they like kill people. Yeah. And Elaine the Pain is like, you know, it's not my fault. It's my job. Yeah. Or, yeah. Whatever she says, she's really flipping about it. And then, do- and then the doctor says, so, and with that sentence, you just lost your right to talk to me. Now back off. Yeah, agreed. Best doctor moment. I'd say that as well. But for me, it was when they did storm floor 500. And it was the doctor holding a yeah. gun, being really menacing and then going, oh, of course, I'm not going to use it. Shut up. 
Yeah, just shut up. Shut up. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to kill anyone. Chill out. That was mine. So, what's your favourite line then? I'm naked right now in front of millions of people. Yes, you are, ladies. Your viewing figures just went up. I, I hate to do this, but I do think my favourite quote is. I'm going to save Rose Tyler from the middle of the Dalek fleet and then I'm going to save the Earth and then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. It's great. Ah! It's because I can hear him saying it. I think the closest we've come to that kind of thing is when the Doctor in the Pandorica opens. Not the Pandorica opens. Is it the Pandorica opens? No, it is the Pandorica opens when he's on Stonehenge. And he's doing that speech. That that's like same levels. I am talking. I love that two part. I'm sorry. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um. Although actually, it could be worse because that's that speech. I'm gonna save Rose Tyler. I'm gonna save the Earth. And then just to top it all off, I'm gonna wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. Could have been scored with "I am the Doctor." That would have been terrible. That would have been awful. It's a good piece of music, but come on. Yeah, it's a bit much. Come on. Come on there. Come on there. Come on, Mary. But yeah, so that's 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 that then. That is Bad Wolf, because we're not going to rate it. We're not. We always do that at the end of when we discuss two-parters, so that'll be next week, so stay tuned. it's not because we fucked it up first time. Those are malicious rumours <laughs> that, that a fuck-up on our end has indeed crippled our approach to episodes. You're wrong. You're so wrong. That, that's not and what happened. I hate you for even insinuating that. How dare Get off. Get out of here. That's you. That's what you think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you. you. We've, got the, we've yeah. got the listener view out of you. Get out of here now. Oh god! But yes, yes. So at the end of the parting of the ways, we're gonna do something very, very exciting. I might as well say it now because also if I say it on mic, I then also won't forget it yeah. either. Um, <laughs> which is get excited because we're going to do our usual rundown, which is moment that worked, moment that didn't work, doctor moment of favorite quote. We're going to give bad wolf a score. We're going to give the parting of the ways a score, and we're going to give the two parter overhaul a score. Yep. We're going to give the series a score. And we're going to do a cheeky little ranking. And then just to top it all off... Just, to, go- just to top it all, all off, off... I'm going to rank every last rank every blasting last episode... episode. Not right out of the sky. Ears. Right in your ears. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's going to be a bumper-length episode. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be such a good I time. I fawn over my favourite Dalek episode. Yep. Okay. So thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, um, if you want to continue listening to this show, obviously check it out on all of your favourite listening spaces. Spotify, Apple. YouTube. YouTube now. Yeah. Now YouTube. And Acast, straight from Acast if you want to. Straight from Acast on everything we're just... Come Along Pond podcast, really easy to find us. Nothing else has our name. You can't get lost from anything else. It's so good. It is so good. And we hope you do continue listening. And if you're so, so impatient to wait for next week, we have ten previous episodes you can go and listen to. Yep, absolutely. Get yourself excited for the finale. So exciting. 
But if you have comments, questions, queries, you can get in touch with us. You can follow us on social media. Uh, on Instagram, we are at Come Along Pond Podcast. We're on Twitter at Come Along Pond DW because someone took the name. <laughs> <laughs> Never let that go. Not bitter at all. You can send us your comments, questions, queries, or a nice message. You can do that on our email. That's comealongpondpod at gmail.com. All of the above mentioned will be in the show notes for the episode. Yep. But I think that's it. I think that's it for this episode, isn't it, pal? It is. Thank you for letting me talk about my favourite episode of Series 1, Doctor Who. You're so welcome. And I, I loved really it appreciate as well. it. I always have a good time. We always have a good time, don't we? Highlight of my weekend. Absolute highlight of my life. Highlight of my life, absolutely. Love it. Um, So, yeah, we will see you guys next week for the last episode of Series 1 that we're going to talk about. I can't believe that went quite quick, I feel like. It's gone so, so quickly. And, yeah. Will we be parting ways? No, we won't. We ain't parting nowhere, mate. No, we are definitely not. We absolutely not. But, yes, it's been lovely talking to you. And the same to you. Incidentally, it's been lovely talking to all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs. <laughs> that was aggressive. <laughs> I'm channeling some big Chris Eccleston energy. <laughs> and on that note, bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.